Welcome to Fire Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Snodgrass, and today we join Zach King with his Fire Talk titled Tempo. The Fire Talk was recorded live at Fire Talk PDX 2018. This segment is brought to you by Northwest Safety Clean. Contact Northwest Safety Clean by email. Let them know that Michael Snodgrass from Fire Talk sent you and that you would like a sample of SR-71 Decon Blister Packs. They'll send you a case for free. Thank you. I am Zach King. Full disclosure, I'm not up here because I'm original or because I'm great at my job. I'm simply up here because I'm passionate about it and I want to get the conversation started. Fairly early on in my career, I ran a couple calls that have stuck with me, kind of haunted me, raised some questions, brought up for some frustrations, and I wasn't sure where to go. And over time, I've kind of learned where we're at in the fire service, where I'm at in the fire service, and it's kind of what brought me here today. Uh, first one was a fire out in the county where I was working out near Bellingham, Washington, if y'all are familiar. Um, smoke showing from a two-story barn. Homeowner meets us in the front yard, says there's crap everywhere in there. Don't go in there. We lit a curtain on fire trying to do some welding. Couldn't put the fire out. Over time, we sort of heeded his advice, and the fire went from bad to worse. We lobbed some water in from the outside and eventually burnt this place down. And although that bothered me, it was more what people were telling me after the fire was out. It was, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. You didn't start the fire. It wasn't your emergency. Everyone went home. No one got hurt. But you see, the problem is somebody did get hurt. That homeowner, even though they were telling us not to go in there, right? That's how he made his livelihood. That's part of how he provided for his family. And we didn't really save much that day. And it bothered me. And the things that we were saying bothered me. Because I don't need to feel better with words. I need to feel better with my job. Fast forward a little bit, we make a medical run in the same, same part of the country. Comes in as an attempted suicide. We stage, eventually we go in. Uh, I'm first to make patient contact, patient's laying on the bathroom floor. My company officer at some point's talking to me, hey, what do you want to do? You want the medics to step it up? You want to meet them in route? You want to load and go? What have you, so on and so forth. I said, no, I think we're good to go. Okay. Um, she's talking to us. She's A&O times four, said she didn't try to commit suicide, or she didn't try to kill herself. I'm going to go ahead and bandage up this rather large laceration on her arm. Um, she was pretty pale, went to being combative, to CPR, and so on and so forth. It wasn't the first person that's died in front of me, but it is one that's made me think, what, what did I do wrong? What could have I done better? What could have my company done better? And all truth be told, the end result was probably going to be the same no matter what we did because of where we were located because of the delay in time for us to get to her. But again, similar things were being said. You know, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your emergency. And that bothered me, and it still bothers me when people say certain things. And the biggest lesson that I learned after trying to evaluate these two calls that experience, globally speaking, is gained immediately after you needed it. Okay, But it isn't the only key to our success. It is one piece to the puzzle that what I'm going to call tempo. And what is tempo? When I ask people, some say, well, it's speed. And some people, well, it's rhythm. Okay, 
And if you look it up on dictionary.com or whatever your source of information is, it'll say that it's kind of a combination of the two. But to me, it's not about being able to go fast or you know, having a certain rhythm, but it's about the ability to determine the speed. It's about the ability to determine the rhythm, both as an individual and as a company. And for, for today's purposes, we're going to talk about two types. We're going to talk about positive and we're going to talk about negative. Positive being those things that are working in our favor, the things that we're trying to do to make our strengths overcome the fires or the scenes weaknesses. And negative being the things that work against us. Things like the time of day, the weather, the baggage that I'm bringing from home because I got in an argument with my wife, um, the, the building that the fire's burning in, where the fire is, how long has it been burning? Nobody would disagree that those things work against us, but how about the things that we're saying? Things like, my number one priority is to make sure that you go home at the end of the tour or the end of the shift. And on the surface, it probably came out of the best of intentions. Right? My job is to make sure that you have the tools to go home. You have the tools to do the job. But to some degree, there might be somebody somewhere receiving this message and, okay, cool. So if I suck, it's your fault. Right? Um, how about things like it's not my emergency? Again, born out of the best of intentions, maybe it's a company officer talking to somebody that's new in the fire service. I need you to slow down. I need to open your field of view. But somewhere, somebody has got it in their head that that's just what we say to make people feel better about things. Or how about when you're making that fire and you're going to be second or third due, which I know sucks, and you hear the first due go out and say, well, we got a 1,600-square-foot ranch fully involved. We're going defensive. Everybody just starts to sit back, okay? And then when you show up and you realize that there's still searchable space, there's still a job to be done, we're now behind the eight ball. I'm not at all advocating that we stop saying any of those things. What I'm saying is that we need to take ownership in the things that we're saying and how it affects those that are on the receiving end. Okay, how about crew continuity? How often are we actually working together? A local fire department to where I work, um, they did a study not all that long ago, and they found on a 24-48 schedule with four-person staffing, they were working together somewhere in the ballpark of 40 to 50% of the time. One-sixth of the year, all four people were actually in the same room, on the same rig, working together towards the mission. I'm not saying that's good or that's bad schedule-wise. What I am saying is that we need to realize that that's a weakness of ours. That's working against us. So that when we go out and do a drill, when we go out and do some practice or we make a run or B-shift made a run and we learned some things, we asked some questions, we scratched our head a little bit and we moved forward, those things need to be passed on to Jennifer or to Jimmy who wasn't there. Compare that to where I work. We had the same schedule, the same staffing, but we assigned one extra person to each one of, of our rigs. So when all five of us show up to work, someone's getting detailed or what we call traveled off in the city. Is that good? Is that bad? I'm not here to say. But effectively, we're working all together 0% of the time. So we actually have to dedicate more work every single time to passing on what we learned. We can't compare ourselves to professional athletes if we're not passing on things that we're learning. Okay, positive tempo, things that are working for us. How about the vision of the nozzle firefighter that steps off the engine, that views the building, views the fire within the building, right? views their path to it, confirms the nozzle selection or the line selection, 
takes a deep breath, and off they go. It's a positive tempo. Or how about the truckie that's standing on the Charlie side of the building, and they're waiting for one of two things. Either A, the engine company to call for the water, or call for the window to be taken, or they hear the sound of water being applied to the seat, and they take the window. That's tempo. That discipline to slow the job down is tempo. But how do we get there? Okay. Well, I think to some degree, it starts with trust. All these pieces that are added up together that make positive tempo that help us get wins on the fire ground starts with trust. If I don't trust my company officer, we're going to go slower because I'm going to second guess everything they say. Or I'm going to get in the ear of the driver or the other tailboard, and they're going to start either questioning the officer or they're going to start questioning me, and we're not going to do things well. Okay? If my chief doesn't trust me or my company to do a certain task, they're going to look, oh, nope, we're not going there, and we have to start going around the fire ground to find somebody that can achieve it. Okay, well, how do we, how do we gain that trust? How do we maintain it? Well, let's start with setting the expectations, okay? Everybody would agree that when you get a new probie, their day one, you're going to sit them down and you say, this is what I expect out of you, and hopefully it's something more than just washing dishes, answering the phone, cleaning toilets, it's a good attitude, a strong work ethic. I need you to want to learn. I want you to want to be here. I need you to be good. Because when you're good, we're better. And when we're better, we have more of a chance to go home. And how about the company? Do you have expectations of your company? And more importantly, does your company have expectations of you? When you're setting these expectations, this is what I expect out of you. This is what you can expect out of me. I have an open door, an open ear, a willingness to try. I don't want to be the person that doesn't want to try new things. We may not eventually do that, but I'm willing to try it. How about the transfer, somebody that's working overtime? When they come over, is it something, is the conversation something about, you know, oh, you work where? Oh, busy house. Cool. You're good to go. We'll figure it out. We're going to be fine. Or is it, hey, this is how this company operates. You're riding in this seat. This is your job for the day. If we catch this call, these are the tools you're going to grab. Do you have any questions? Do you have any issues? Open that line of communication. Because if they do, now is the time to ask before the tones drop. How about getting the conversation started? You're sitting around the coffee table, the beanery table. Maybe you're sitting at a cigar bar in somewhere downtown Portland with people from all over the country. Okay, recharging your batteries. What do you think about this? How about this tactic? What are your thoughts? Maybe it is the coffee table. Hey, B-Shift made this fire. This is how they handled it. What do you think? And when you ask those questions from a leadership standpoint, regardless of your rank, be the last to speak. Hear what everybody else has to say. Process that information. Open that line of communication. Give people the confidence to voice their opinions. When you're on scene of a fire and you, you're a company officer and you look at your junior firefighter, hey, what line do you want to pull? And they might be startled at first. Well, I'm going to grab the inch and three quarter. We're going through the front door. We're going to get a win. Okay, awesome. Knowing full well you weren't going to let them fail. It could be an apartment building. It could be anything. You gave them the confidence to make a decision. You gave them the confidence to come up with a plan. And you say, okay, cool. It works for me. And if, you, if it wasn't going to be right, I'll tell you what, we're going to do this instead. We're going to talk about it later. Okay, how about breaking bread together? We know that it's important to get people together, to have them in the same room, 
to eat a meal together. Whether one person cooks and you all eat, or you all eat something different, sit down together, make time that's outside of drilling, that's outside of the job, that's outside of whatever the rest of the world has going on, to tell stories, to bust chops, okay? To poke the bear a little bit, see if you can't get someone riled up, okay? Learn about what makes them tick, what makes them happy, and what's going to happen as you go forward. Okay, because here you're building those interpersonal relationships, the ability to open a line of communication, and for me to tell you, you're missing the mark, and here's why. That's my opinion. Or maybe to be confident enough that when someone says, you're missing the mark, they feel like they can tell me that, or as a company. Maybe you bring a neighboring company over continuously about once a month. At my firehouse, we bring people over that we run calls with. By breaking bread together, again, by telling stories, busting chops, we are earning trust. They want to run, make runs with us, and we want to make runs with them because we're getting to know them. We know what makes them tick. We know what their weaknesses are. They know what ours are. Okay, and how about your families? Bring your family to the firehouse. Bring all your families. If you live far away, plan it out once a quarter to where all your families, your kids, Wives, husbands, spouses, significant others all come. They break bread together. They share a meal. They tell stories. But they, they kind of develop this circle amongst themselves so that if something ever goes bad, they have kind of a network. But also, they get to know you, and they get to trust you, and they get to feel happy that their loved one is going to work with you. They're excited. They're not, ooh, I don't know about this. And by them being comfortable, by them being happy they're coming to work with you, your coworker, your brother, your sister feels a little bit more at ease knowing their loved one or their significant other feels good about you going to work that day. Okay, when we get outside of the firehouse, I think it's, we know it's vitally important to, to go drill on things, whether that be forcible entry, stretching lines, flowing water, throwing ladders, whatever that may be. But how about just having conversations about what's going on um, What's, what's going on is you're just driving down the street. Maybe you made a medical run here. Maybe you installed a, a smoke detector, okay? Maybe you're just driving down the street and you see something interesting. Get everybody out and say, okay, how do you want this to go? Fire's in the Alpha Delta corner. Smoke's pouring out of the eave. Where do you want the rig to park? Walk me through your stretch and everything else. Okay, now what do you think? And what do you think? Just like we talked about earlier, now we have the opportunity for people to speak their mind, to make decisions, to come up with something, to have confidence, to speak in front of a group of people that maybe they're intimidated by. And then you can voice your opinion. Well, this is what I would do, and here's why. If it's a commercial building, go walk that building. If you were in there on a medical call, you were just in there, you can talk about exactly what you just saw. Okay? Ask them questions. We talk about situational awareness but are we talking about situational remembrance? Are we remembering the things that we just saw? Okay, things that are gonna open up our field of view to get us away from looking through that straw or that tunnel. What color was the house? Doesn't really matter, but did you pay attention to it? Did you actually see the house or did you only see the fire? Okay, which way did the front door swing? Okay, left to right, right to left, does that matter? Does it tell us something that, about the room that's immediately on the other side of that door? Get better. Have that conversation with your company. Does the way that it swings, does the location of the hinges tell you about something that's inside or where the living spaces are? Or how about the roof line, especially in older homes? Does it tell you something about the main pathways through that house? 
Ask him questions like, where were the stairs? No stairs here. But is that important? How many bedrooms were there? Where were the bedrooms? Where was the garage? Well, the garage was on the left. Was it? Or was it something very typical to, to where I work, that we have finished living spaces, and it's vital that we're paying attention to where those are located, and then we're going to go search those spaces. When we are going to go out and drill, like early on in my career, some guys wanted to do some extrication training, some stabilization training, I should say. And they wanted to go over cribbing and the airbags and the struts and talk about all these different things. Of course, nobody wanted to volunteer their car to be used. So we found a dumpster. That, well, we had a dumpster at the firehouse. And we you know, took the suspension out of play. And we talked about cribbing and its capabilities. And we talked about the airbags and their capabilities. We got to walk through a rough scenario of who's going to do what, when they're going to do it, when they step off the rig. Then us thinking that we're being cool in the book of faces, and we decide to send it out, and we get something back like this. From across the city, they not one-upped us, they ten-upped us. They went three times higher than we did on the cribbing. They got out every tool that they could think of, but here's the deal. Not only did we get tool time, they got tool time. We got to win that day, they got to win that day. You never know how you're going to inspire somebody else. And the fact of the matter is social media has a lot of great implications, okay? You can be the light for somebody else. You can be the spark for somebody else. It can be one person. It can be an entire company. It can be an entire department to get out and to try something and to bust chops, make fun of each other, but get the job done. Everybody that I know wants to be a firefighter on a sunny day. Okay, everybody loves the parades and the downtime and the camaraderie and the brother and sisterhood. They love telling jokes, busting chops. Okay, but what about when the job gets hard? What about when the job gets dirty and ugly? Everybody wants to be able to tell the story that they called an audible, the two people in the back seat called an audible in the front yard to not stretching the line to the front door, but stretching it down the side of the house and then tag teaming to do a VES in a building that some may have written off and pulling two children out of the building. We want to be able to tell that story. All of us want to be able to tell that story. But the vision of this does not happen without the vision of getting together. It doesn't happen without the vision of the firefighter that knows they're not very good at stretching line and they're out back stretching lines by themselves. And then that inspires other people. It doesn't happen without the company that's willing to prepare for the bad day, not just saying, well, we'll figure it out when we get there. It's just simply not going to work. And the men and women of the San Diego Fire Department not only knocked it out of the park this day, but in all the preparation that led to that day, all the credit goes to them. If you want to generate positive fireground tempo, you have to be willing to start the conversation. You have to set the expectations. Get out and drill together. Break bread together. Be willing to be the inspiration for those that are paying attention. And if you want to generate positive fireground tempo, be willing to dedicate your time and more importantly, your work to those that are depending on it. I'm Zach King. Thank you for your time. Cancer in the fire service is a big deal these days. Uh, the red zone garment from Lion is a first of a kind new technology garment that really goes after protecting the firefighter from the 
the dermal absorption of particulate matter includes the hood. Obviously, it's a particulate blocking hood. Uh, there is a inside the garment a core guard uh, that is around the waistline. In addition, you have wrist guards uh, that protect from particulates ingress through the interface of the wrist and glove. Uh, in addition to that, you have uh, the similar type of um, protection in the leg, uh, the leg guard, and you have what looks to be like a gaiter, which protects it and or closes off the bottom of the uh, liner on the boot, as well as what looks to be another wristlet. This goes over the top of the boot. As an ensemble, this meets the new NFPA optional standard for particulate blocking ensemble. For more information, visit lionprotects.com.